This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast, where Kristen Urgel, a longtime TV sports reporter and college football coach's wife, goes one-on-one with her fellow coaches' wives. We will uncover the stories of the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. I'm so excited to have Brittany Harrell today. Brittany is the wife of Graham Harrell, Offensive Coordinator for Southern Cal Trojans. Thank you so much for being a part of us. Yay, I'm so excited. What a career your husband has had. He's been an All-American quarterback at Texas Tech. Heisman Trophy candidate, hit an NFL career, won a Super Bowl with the Packers. Now he's transitioned to a coaching career in college, a few stops, now the offensive coordinator for USC. When you hear his resume, just thrown out there like that, what do you think <laughs> are some of the things that Coach Harrell has done that has led to so much success in his life? I think one of the things that he's a very disciplined person. So even even though I didn't know him in high school, but just hearing stories and stuff, um, he's never let like outside distractions get in the way of his like goals. He's just always stayed very focused all throughout high school, college, and even when he was you know in Green Bay. Um, I think even you know as he got into college in Green Bay, there's just more of the opportunity to to get to go out and go to parties and stuff but he just was never focused on those things he was always focused on you know his dreams and I think the older he gets um the more extreme he gets with his discipline I I just think of you know recently like a year ago he came up with this he told me he was like I think I'm gonna um set this goal he's always been extreme with like he works out he's very disciplined with working out and eating healthy but he um told me he was gonna run a mile every day for a year and so when I think about that, um, you know, like, oh, running a mile, that's not a big deal. But when you're doing it every single day for a year, most people, if you were sick or moving or something big happening, you would maybe skip a day here or there. But lo and behold, we moved here to USC or to LA and he gets the flu for three days. And he, does he stop running a mile every day? No, he doesn't. He does it every single day. So he's just always been like a very disciplined person. Very cool story. Okay, so how did you meet Graham Harrell? Okay, we met, I guess, long story short, we met through mutual friends, but he had been playing. It was after his first year at Green Bay. He was driving home with Matt Flynn, who was also a backup quarterback at Green Bay at the time, and they became buddies. And Matt and I are from the same hometown. And so they drove home together. Graham drove home with Matt um, after that first season. And so Graham was just going to stop in Tyler for a day. Um, and then his dad was going to pick him up from, from Tyler and um, drive him home. Well, that night, Matt went, uh, Graham went out with Matt and a couple of friends. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know that I was going to be running into, you know, mine and Matt's mutual friends when Graham was with him. But we ran into each other that night. It was very random. And, um, yeah, it's crazy because the friends that he was with that we both kind of knew when we were meeting and he saw me first and he doesn't like to say that he saw me first. He would say that I saw him first, but that's not true. He <laughs> saw me first and asked his our mutual friend about me. And anyway, she came up and she was introduced us. And when she was telling me that he was this football player, I just immediately kind of was like, oh no, I don't want to date in my head thinking like, I don't want to date a football player. I had this kind of stereotypical 
view of what a football player was. But then we sat down and we started talking and he started talking about his family. And he was just, uh, he kind of won me over. And a year later, we were married. (laughs) I'm really fast because of football season, you know, just wanting to get married um, in between the seasons. So yeah, it kind of happened pretty fast. (laughs) Very fast. Now, where did you grow up? I grew up in Tyler. So born and raised in Tyler, Texas. And then where'd you um, go a good to old East Texas girl. There you go, East and then Texas I went girl. To, yes. <laughs> um, I went to Texas A&M. And so, yeah, and I never paid attention to football. It just was not a part. I mean, I didn't go to any games and I didn't, I would maybe go to the tailgate for a little bit and then go home. So I know he was playing at that time, but never paid attention to his name or who he was, <laughs> which is kind of wow. funny. That is funny. I guess you've never thought you would be a coach's wife for sure. Oh no, never. You know, as a little girl, I think most girls, or at least I did, would always kind of think, who am I going to marry? And what if, do I know the person that I'm going to marry now? And, or, you know, what, if, what is he doing right this second? I would always think those things. And I always pictured myself married to someone who was going to wear a suit to work every day. I never, ever thought that I was going to marry a coach. I grew up with two sisters and he grew up with two brothers. And so we were just very different in, in how we were raised and what we did. And Now, do you have children? Yes, we have a four-year-old little boy, Hawk. Now, I know Graham yeah. is the son of Coach Sam Harrell, a highly successful high school coach in Texas. He grew up as a coach's kid, according to my research. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, were there some things that when you talked about having children or when, you know, you said hug. Is that his name, Huck? Hawk. 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 I like okay. the bird. H-A-W-K. Yes. I yes. know it's kind of was a funny no, it's really cool. So when he was <laughs> younger and you started thinking about, hey, some things you want to focus on, you know, raising children and drawing from experience, you know, some things maybe he learned growing up as a coach's kid. Did you ever have conversations like that on things that you wanted to focus on? Well, I think, yes, we would have, or more than anything, his mom and dad um, were such a they did such a great job of making God like the number one priority in their life and family. So I think that was something that was both important to both of us. Um, And Kathy, my mother-in-law, she was a stay-at-home mom. And I think just with, you know, a coach's profession, and especially during the season when they're gone so much, she just always kind of made it a priority to take the kids to Sam to see him at his, at work. So they were always at practice. They were always, at games, you know, from a very early age, they would go to games. That I know was important to Graham growing up, and he wanted that to implement those things when we had, you know, having children ourselves. Um, So because Graham can't always be at home and can't always be um, present, maybe in Hawks activities, he, we both felt it was important for me to maybe stay at home and, and be available to Graham to take Hawk up to see him and for us to go to him and see him as often as we can. And really Kathy and Sam have been really great role models for us when it comes to, you know, implementing all that. So what great role models you have right there in your in-laws. I'm sure that you've drawn a lot of wealth of knowledge from them as well. So I want to ask you though, some groovy questions, if you don't mind, what was life (laughs) like as an NFL girlfriend, fiance? Like, what was that like? Well, it was so fun. <laughs> it really was. So they, at, oh, and you know, I was only with Graham at Green Bay. And um, so I can only, I guess, draw from that experience. I don't know if all NFL teams were like this, but uh, the Packers hired a lady um, to specifically 
plan things and take care of the wives and girlfriends. And so we would have weekly tennis lessons, weekly golf lessons, luncheons, spa days all the time. And we were just always together. And they just did a really good job of taking care of the wives and making sure they were happy and girlfriends too, and of players and coaches. And so it was really fun. But I guess on the flip side of that, um, Graham being a backup and not, I, I'm sure it's different maybe for players who are starters and stuff, but as him being a backup, it was very, um, it was kind of an anxious job too, just because you didn't know, okay, are we, is he going to be cut this week? Is he, are we safe this week? So there was some, it was pretty, I, I felt anxious a lot of times, especially once we were married, um, just kind of navigating that as well. That's true. You don't even think about that part of it, which is the NFL is a, truly it's a business there and they have a very small okay. roster and you know, they don't have a lot of depth. You could move the practice squad very quickly or trade it to another team very easily. Um, probably you dealt with that security feeling early on, which we do feel that as coaches too, as well. Yes. We do, uh, 100%. I think it's felt um, in both. Did you get to travel and go to different NFL stadiums? No, we really didn't travel. I went to the um, Chicago Bears. I went to that stadium with one of the other girlfriends at the time. But really, most of the time, um, one of the wives would have, one of the w players' wives would have all the other wives over um, to watch the, the away games. So that was really fun. And we kind of made, you know, a little weekly whenever they were out of town thing out of that. And that was just another excuse to get together with all the wives and girlfriends. Wow. I didn't even know they had such a tight knit group. That's pretty cool. It really was. It was, I mean, that was just my first experience ever as far as just being either a player or coach's wife. I've just been so fortunate in every place we've moved, um, but starting there to just have an immediate like family and connection and just a group where you can like lean on and be close with. What are some of the challenges like? I think you've already kind of outlined what they were, but there anything else that you can think of that's different from being a player's wife to a coach's wife and maybe some similarities as well? I think the differences were probably the out are the hours. So as a player, he was home a lot more than he is as a coach. Uh, he, and he had one day off a week, you know, during the season, and he kind of had normal hours. I mean, he went to practice. He went to his meetings and then he was home. So we had a lot more time to spend together when he was playing. But as a coach, his hours are just so much longer. And, you know, it's, it's you know, he's a lot of times during the, you know, football season, he's gone before we wake up and home after, you know, Hawks in bed. And so that's kind of hard. And that's, that's something that's a little different. And then the pressure of your job, you know, not knowing from year to year, week to week. Um, but I would say another um similarity which again I guess I already touched on but just how you have an immediate family with everything you go you're a part of I've been so fortunate to be a part of staffs and teams where the wives are really each other's community and family and so I think that's a similarity too when Graham was released from Green Bay and he was kind of trying to figure out he always knew he wanted to get into coaching um but for me that was a real struggle for me um going from being a, a player's wife to a coach's wife, I just kind of, I, I think that was a time where I learned, you know, um, because I don't think I fully invested in, I was still kind of mourning, I guess, not being a part of the Packers because it was such a special program. And then going to Washington State, we went to Washington State after that. I didn't fully um, 
invest, I think, in my friendships there and in the town there and the community. I think I somewhat did, but it was there that I realized if I don't fully commit to living, regardless if it's permanent or not, where I am at the time, then it could be a really lonely year or time that we're there. And so that's when I learned from then on, I'm going to fully immerse myself in the community and my friends that are there because that's when you like live life with people and it's fulfilling, way more fulfilling that way than when you, you try to be like, oh, well, I'm only going to, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I'm not going to invest. Mm, that's know, really good. No, that's really good. Cause you think about, we have the tendency to do that from time to time going, okay, uh, how long will be here? Or you're just kind of getting over something. Maybe someone, a coach's wife out there has just gotten fired, the coach, and then you're kind of in a transition year or, you know, some things where you just can feel disconnected, but I do agree with yeah. you. Like you have to kind of force yourself to, to get back out there and to connect because it can be very isolating for sure. Right. Now yes, you said you started out at Washington state. Was he um, a quarterback's coach there or how did he start out at Washington? So, he, so his first season, so, you know, Mike Leach was the coach there and that was his college coach at tech. So that's kind of how he got, got the job there, but he was started out as quality control his first season. And then the second season we were there, he was the wide receivers coach. And then you went from Washington State to where? To North Texas. And um, that's when Seth asked, Seth Luttrell asked him to be the um, offensive coordinator at North Texas. And that was an easy decision for us because we were moving back home and Graham was excited about that job. And that was, that was probably our easiest decision we've made so far. <laughs> and then did extremely well there offensively. And then you get the call to be OC at Southern Cal, one of the most premier programs in the country. Did you pinch yourself a little bit and go, oh, my goodness? Oh, yes, definitely. I think, well, and just how the whole thing happened, too, um, because we, Grant, that, you know, at the end of last season at North Texas, Grant was starting to get some jobs, uh, job offers and or, or interest and phone calls. And um, it was actually a pretty, there for a while, I would say December, uh, you know, somewhere around that time. It, it was kind of a tough time for us because we were having to make these decisions and you know you have a day or two to make them and we, we just didn't feel we felt like we should be we should stay at North Texas and that was the right decision for us and we were happy about staying there and so I thought that's where we were going to be this year you know and then when Cliff took the Cardinals job Cliff Kingsbury and um, I you know I'm just so naive when it comes to football stuff that I, I didn't think anything of it it never crossed my mind that there might be a possibility they would call Graham and Graham's so quiet about job you know, job stuff until he feels like it's a for sure thing. So when he got the call that they wanted to fly us both down there for an interview and talk to us, we both were just kind of looking at each other and shocked and just kind of felt, it felt surreal to me, but extremely excited about it. And um, yeah, now being here and, you know, when he took the job, it's just being a part of USC and the history behind it and the, you know, the school and the football program, it really is a dream job, I think, for a, a lot of coaches. And I just, you know, it really is an honor and I'm proud of, uh, I'm so proud of Graham. Absolutely. So what is game day like for you? Do you tailgate? I mean, do you get out there early or you just kind of get nervous and get right to your seat? I probably go to an hour or so of the tailgate. They, they do a great job here. You know, 
we don't have to do anything for the wives as far as setting up the tailgate. The, they set it up for us and it's, it's really nice and it's fun. So I try to make like an hour, at least an hour of the tailgate. Um, but then, you know, yeah, we go to our seats. Hawk doesn't come to the games, which he loves football and he loves practice, but he just has this phobia of loud noises. So I try to spend as much time with him at home before we come to the games. You know, we talked about some of the neat things. Obviously, he's had a very successful career, but there are games you lose and there's things that you don't meet, you know, something that you were hoping to obtain. There's highs and lows. I know with marriages or just coaching situations, there's tough times and there's great times. Is there, you know, you paint a picture. Obviously, he's had a phenomenal career, but there's days that you have things that you encounter that just don't feel like they're going your way. Um, has there been any adversity that you guys have had to kind of tackle together? And what did you rely on to get through those moments? Well, I think one, just one of the, I guess, adversities that popped to my head first is when, um, not so much when he was a coach, but when he was playing um, and he was released, um, we were newlyweds when that happened. And so we still didn't really know, we weren't great communicators and we didn't know how each other communicated well at that time. And so, you know, for him, he holds things in. He doesn't like to talk about things that are he's going through. And, and he's a happy person in general, too. He's always happy. So me being naive and not thinking anything's wrong, I thought he was fine. And we just didn't communicate about him, you know, being released and a dream coming to an end for him. And so when, you know, fast forward through that whole year, it was just a tough year for us. And we really had to, I mean, we had to learn how to communicate. And honestly, we had to rely on our faith. That's something that's um, always been really important to both of us. And I think that's what gets us through a hundred percent gets us through our adversities. And, um, you know, even now, again, this isn't really relating to, it's more relating to our marriage, not so much college, but I mean, football, but one of the biggest challenges we really were still facing is, um, infertility. You know, when I think about back in, when we were back when we were newlyweds, um, having trouble with communicating and having to learn how to communicate with each other. Um, that's really been helpful in this challenge just because we are constantly having to communicate with each other and be honest with each other about what we want to do as far as growing our family and how that looks and you know again relying on our faith and um I think for me you know the the waiting the waiting and I I think that can be you know pulled back to coaching too just you know not the not knowing um and the waiting that we go through as you know struggling with infertility but even you know within the year of coaching just the not knowing for me I can allow my waiting to overwhelm me to overcome me or to bring me kind of into a lonely or or secluded place or I can surrender my waiting to God and um, that is a daily decision that a daily decision I have to make but when I do make that decision, that's when God's peace surpasses all understanding. You know, that's when he grows me closer to him, closer to him and is sanctifying me. It's when I can truly, I can really just stand here and say, even if I don't get my heart's desire, we don't get our heart's desire. Even with coaching, we don't get the job we want or we're, you know, let go from a job that um, all of our heart's desires are not worth comparing to the glory that's going to be revealed to us one day. And so we can be content in Christ. And, um, you know, that's where in suffering and in these challenges, we can um, still have hope. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that all made sense. Definitely made sense. 
how do you think the experiences that you've walked through change you, change you positively? What do you think has been, I mean, do you feel like it's changed you at all to walk through some of this? Oh yeah, for sure. I think it's just taught me to be content, you know, and um, just to live like whatever we're going through in that moment, if it's a good thing to cherish it and to hold on to it because it could be temporary and, you know, and then in the hard and the tough situations to also know, okay, this is temporary and, you know, it's not fun, but we, hindsight, you know, is 2020 and we grow from it and we learn from it. And those are the times when Graham and I really, you know, grow closer. I mean, just through this whole struggle we're facing now, it's, it's brought us even closer together than, you know, and so that is something to be thankful for. And yeah, it's just really taught me also what it looks like to trust trust in God. You can say that you trust God, but when you're going through something and going through a challenge, really trusting in God and just surrendering it to him and resting in him is, um, and just knowing he's sovereign and yeah. Yeah. Very, very powerful (laughs) words. I mean, I mean, you're taking a hold of something that's very deep and very true and it's hard to do, but you're walking in a peace through it. Correct. Yeah. And like you said, it's hard to do and it's, it can be a daily struggle, but Mm. it's something I'm always striving, we're striving for. (laughs) Well, you've been the backbone to a very successful coach and player. Do you think there's some things that you try to do on a daily basis that may have had some impact on his career for, for professionally and then your lives as a family? I think maybe the number one thing is um, just letting him know that like wherever you go, I'll go. And just to have um, a supportive and good attitude about the moves and the changes we are making in our family. And, you know, we talk about those together, you know, the big decisions, but I know for him, you know, he's always, when he's thinking about his career and if he gets these job opportunities I guess I'm talking about job opportunities a lot because we just had a move, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, he, I think he feels a lot of the pressure of not only am I having to make a, you know, good move for my career, but I'm also having to make a good move for my family, for Hawk and Brittany. And so just when, just supporting him, being supportive in those situations, being positive when we do make a change or a move and, um, I think that's one way. And then I think another way, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of like his manager and I like being it. I, I grew up with a twin sister. Or I have a twin sister and um, I always kind of managed her. I was the mm-hmm. one who took care of her and took care of things. And I always joke that I married my sis, my twin sister because Graham and Courtney are so much alike. And um, he likes to be taken care of and she likes to be taken care of. So I do all the, I do all the household things. I, I pay the bills. I do the house maintenance when we move, I handle the move, just everything you can think of outside of his job. I'm, I'm usually doing <laughs> so. And I think he, he likes it cause he doesn't like to do, he likes that. I like those things cause he does not. And so I think that would be maybe one other thing. And then he's just a homebody. He enjoys being at home. So um, just making sure that the house, when he does come home, that it feels inviting to him. It's picked up. There's a home cooked meal. I think just those all kind of help him feel successful in a way. What do you think is the toughest part about being a coach's wife? The toughest part is the amount of hours that were without him. That's probably one of the hardest things. It's just really hard on, just, I can handle it and process it well, but it's harder for Hawk. You know, he's four and um, Graham and Hawk both hate being away from each other. Um, and just that, you know, Graham just kind of is missing out on some of his activities. I, 
just to give you an example, I think it was last year when we were at UNT, Hawk hadn't seen Graham um, for a couple of days and he, you know, he had late nights, so we hadn't seen him and we, I was putting Hawk to bed and he was like, mom, I, th- I think I'm just going to pretend like you're dad tonight. Oh. And it was sweet and funny, but it was sad too. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> poor guy's missing him. And then even Graham, like, so he's, Hawk has never been the best sleeper and he'll go through, in fact, the last like four nights, he wakes up crying and is at like two, three in the morning. And I've, I mean, Graham just, because he hasn't seen him in the last few days, he just jumps right out of bed and go, runs in there to lay with him. It's like he just soaks up every minute, even if it's two or three o'clock in the morning to go see him and spend time with him. So I think that's hard. And then um, I think also another one is just his job being so public and, you know, as a coach, coach's profession, your job's out there for everyone to critique. And it's, it's nice when people are being nice and saying great things about about your husband and the, t- the team that he's coaching for. But just, I wear my heart on my sleeve and worry too much about what other people say. And so he's really taught me that you just got to let that stuff roll off your, you know, roll off your back and just not take it personally. Cause it's not personal. We all do that as fans. So I'd say those kind of are the tough things. I agree. I think that the public aspect of this is really, really hard because Mm -hmm. Truly, I think a lot of us got into this business to impact young men, to be a positive impact and not the public act, you know, side of things. Right. So it comes with it. It's not something you really intended on. And that I think can be really, really hard um, to have your whole life be played out (laughs) in front of other people, you know? I mean, there is a lot of pressure, oh, sure. Here. Like you mentioned in this business, especially you're in a high pressure situation, an OC's wife, and, it, um, and he's an OC at a power five school. And are there some things that, you know, on tougher days that you remind him of uh, during the highs and lows of coaching college football? I think when times are good, we just, just really relish those times. And when times are bad now, and knowing that, you know, that it's temporary and temporary and, you know, we'll move on from it. You know, just praying together. I think we always, we're not always, but we do pray together. And um, I think during the lows, when there's lows, just, you know, getting, even getting on our knees and praying. And um, I pray for, and then individually, I just pray for him, his uh, staff, his team, his players. But I think that maybe that, and then I don't know, I always like to, my mother-in-law, Kathy, because she's been doing this for so long. She's always someone I go to for advice when I need maybe advice on, okay, Graham's had a rough day. What, what should I say to him? In fact, the other day I called her because, um, one of Graham's, he, I think it was after the first game, his, uh, he came home and he was just like, I don't, I'm worried because I don't think the players are feeling confident in themselves and I don't think they have enough confidence. And, you know, and so he was just kind of worried about it. And so I just called my mother-in-law the next day while he was at work and was talking to her about it. And, um, you know, she was like, Oh, I, I can think of, plenty of times when Sam came home, you know, voicing the same thing. And you just got to tell Graham, you know, when you feel confident, they'll feel confident and they're going to feed off of whatever you're feeling. So you tell him that he needs to be confident and that he's confident in them and then they'll feel that way. And I was like, Oh, that something as simple as that, that all makes me feel better. And, you know, I'll, I'll say that to Graham, but anyway. <laughs> right, I right. Yeah. I think you have a great resource in your mother-in-law for sure that oh, yeah. kind of walk you through different situations. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, she's, I'm always going to her for advice and asking I need when I need help with things. <laughs> now, do y'all have any traditions after a win? Any traditions after a win? 
We really don't. I, I wish we did, but we don't. The only thing here that we do is um, we'll go down on the field after a game. Um, you know, if we win, if we lose, we don't really, we probably won't do that. But <laughs> as a family, we have traditions throughout the week, but not so much after a win. Just kind what of is, boring. Well, what are some of your traditions during the week, Would, unless they're private? Oh, no. We have, um, as a family, we have, I feel like we have great tra- traditions throughout the week. So on Monday nights, USC is really great about doing a family dinner. And so Hawk and I will go to practice on Mondays and then we do the dinner. Let's see. On Fridays, uh, Graham stays, he gets to take Hawk to school. So we get to see him. Um, and then we'll go up to school. And after, after Hawk is out of school, we'll go up to USC and they do a pep rally. And then we get to eat dinner with Graham. We get to pass out goodie bags to the players. And then we, Graham and Hawk spend the night at the hotel. So that's just another chance for them to spend time together. Um, he'll stay at the hotel when it's a home game. And then Thursday nights are our family nights. So he comes home, we eat dinner, and Hawk gets to stay up late, and they get to play together. And um, so I don't know. We just have kind of our traditions throughout the week where we kind of have the same routine, but it's special for all of us. Seems like the, uh, Coach Helton is making a very family atmosphere there at USC. Oh, that was one of the things that when he, you know, sold us on coming here was he is just so family oriented. We've been, I've been so blessed to be a part of, you know, this staff and even back end staff at UNT. They were so great about making the, just everything family oriented. We're always welcome at practice, always welcome in the offices. You know, we never felt we overstayed our welcome at either here or at UNT. So it's been great. Wow. Coach Helton actually coached at University of Memphis back in the day, and my husband played for him years ago. No so, way. Yes, How crazy. So what are some things that you Coach Harold, Yeah. What are some things you do with Coach Harold to try to stay connected during the season? Do you all have a date night that you squeeze in at some point? Oh, gosh. We are so bad at, at date nights. Um, no, we don't. We So I think – I know I've been, I talk so much about Hawk, but um, I just think he's at an age where he really wants to be around Graham and Graham wants to be around him, that we do more stuff together as a family instead of um, the date nights, which, you know, we, we talk about doing a date night once a month, but it just doesn't happen because I think Graham and Hawk miss each other so much. So we do more stuff together, like as a family than rather than doing a date night, which is terrible. I'm going to start the date night. I'm, I'm talking to him about it tonight. <laughs> there you go. It's really hard to see them. I think some of them try to do like a lunch date when the kids are in school. I think I'm hearing that. So I did that. That's for a good idea. I can't squeeze it in right now. And the schedule, it's not working yet. So I'm like, eventually we yeah. get our lunch date back. That was. I know. That was so we have plans. We actually made plans um, for a date night with another couple. We just haven't executed it yet. So we need to get on that. <laughs> Definitely. And of course you're in a huge city, aren't you? I mean, finding babysitters oh, yes. and it's not like a little small t- college town. You're in LA. No. Yes. It's really not. Yeah. You have, there's a lot of moving parts, especially with the traffic too. And yeah, like you said, finding babysitters. So it's kind yeah. of a process. Yeah. It seems like that staff would probably have a lot of different places they would live. I mean, do you get, get together as fellow wives on the staff or are you guys kind of all spread out where you're living? Well, so that was also another thing when we were here, we were looking at the school, um, Angela Clay's wife, um, she's so sweet. And she was kind of showing me around where people lived. The majority of the people with, with kids, um, but really the majority of all the coaches live in the South Bay area. Um, so we're all within 10 to 15 minutes of each other, which is so nice. But 
I think, you know, we kind of all did that on purpose so that we could be together because we really are together all the time. And Angela plans so much stuff for us to do. And so um, it's actually worked out to where we're all in one place, which is crazy when I didn't think that would be possible until we moved here. Yeah. I mean, that that's probably the biggest thing I think of at schools like that would be really hard. But I mean, you have made a great effort to be really close knit. That's yes. really thing. Do you guys get to kind of reach out to the players on on the team that he's uh, he's coaching for? I mean, do you are you able to ever yeah. come over? Well, in the past, you know, when we were at UNT, it was so much easier. We would have the players over monthly for dinners, but it is harder to do that here just because we do live about 45 minutes to an hour away from campus. And so it's just hard for the guys to come out here. Um, we've talked about it a couple times, but it hasn't happened yet. But we do, I think because Hawk and I um, go up to the stadium quite often, I mean, the facility often, um, we do get to... So we do goodie bags as a st- as coaches' wives. We do goodie bags for the whole team. Um, but then I I also um, for the quarterback since that's who Graham you know coaches. I'll do um, I ask them at the beginning. I did this at North Texas and I, I'm doing it here where I ask them their uh, their favorite snack, their favorite candy, and their favorite uh, drink. And then I'll kind of personalize their goodie bag, another little goodie bag, and we just, Hawk will pass those out to them, so we get to see them weekly, and he has, Hawk has really cute uh, relationships with some of the players, and they goof off after practice, Um, so I feel like we, you know, we get to know them by doing that. Is there a task that would surprise people that they may not realize is a responsibility of a coach's wife? Well, for Graham, um, you know, I kind of talked about being his manager, but um, I think people assume, most people assume that they would go through him to get tickets or if they need, you know, a ball signed for an event or something, um, they would ask him, but that would be wrong. I would be the person to ask because I'm way better at getting those things done. (laughs) He occasionally still gets like fan mail. And so I will have his little, you know, what are they called? Those little cards. I can't think of the name of him, but he'll, I'll have him laying out for him to sign with his little pen when he, you know, his marker to sign when he gets home and then I'll mail him out for him. So he doesn't have to handle any of that. I do it for him. But I think, yeah, most people assume he's probably in charge of that. And it's not, it's me. And then um, I think especially living out here, you know, California is a vacation spot. So, so many people want to come see us. So I play hostess. I feel like our house is a hotel every weekend uh, for games and stuff. And in the summer, (laughs) so I think maybe just playing hostess and planning people's uh, trips out here and kind of putting an itinerary together, but I enjoy doing all that. So it's kind of fun. How about about the Urgles? We live in Kansas. It'd be a great vacation. We'll come this summer. Um, Yes, do it. (laughs) We never met. You can do it. There's, we have room for you (laughs) also. We would like it. (laughs) Do you get any downtime? Um, I'm sorry if you, if all my listeners out there are like, well, what happened to her voice? I had laryngitis all week long, so um, no, I'm making it. But okay, I'm sorry about that. It yes, so weird, but do you're you doing get, a good job. I'm sorry. <laughs> do you get any downtime? I know you said you don't work outside the home, but you sound like you definitely do a lot of work inside the home. Yes, I think my downtime is, so in the mornings, I try to get up before Hawk does, and then that's kind of when I do like my quiet time. And then in the evenings when he goes to bed and before Graham gets home, that's when I watch my shows. So I have like a, throughout the day, I have some downtime. What ways do you think a coach's wife can add value to her husband's career? What a heavy question that is. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, 
so I don't know if you know who Carolyn Allen is. She's a, her husband's a high school, uh, he's a head coach at Highland Park High School. And um, she had this really good uh, quote that I really like. And so do you care if I say it? Go ahead. I, I just liked this. And it's something I try to remember or think of. But she said, I don't think a good wife will win any games for her husband, but an unsupportive wife can contribute to losing. So give him lots of TLC and expect nothing in return. And your loyalty and unconditional love mean more than anything. I liked that, that she said that. Very good. Good word. So I try to remember that. <laughs> what do you think are some of the most rewarding aspects of this life that we live? Um, that we just get to be so involved in his profession. You know, not every husband's job you get to be so involved with and a part of. And so I think that's very rewarding. I also love that, um, you know, Hawk is getting to see firsthand, you know, what it looks like to be a team player and what it looks like to lose well and um, what working hard looks like and being disciplined looks like. He's getting to, you know, to see that in action in his dad. And so I really like that. And I always find it so interesting that so many coaches' kids become coaches. And I'm over here thinking, oh, I'm, I'm worried that, you know, Hawk's not getting to spend enough time with him. And, you know, as he grows older, he's going to miss football games or whatever Hawk's into, Graham might miss those things. But then a lot of these kids end up like Graham end up being a coach themselves. And so it, I don't know. I just, I love that, you know, to me, it's rewarding that Hawk is getting to see his dad do something pretty cool and be a mentor to so many young men and the impact he has on them. We're getting to witness that. And I think it's pretty rewarding. All time favorite coach's wife memory, or you can add player's wife memory. Okay. Gosh, there's so many that I can think of. Okay. I, I think one of my favorite current things right now is, um, so where we sit at the games, I can see into the press box where Graham sits. And so after every touchdown, I immediately, immediately look up to him to see his reaction. And it is pretty hysterical and funny to watch. I mean, there have been times where he's jumped up on the table, <laughs> his fist against the, the glass. <laughs> and that, so those are pretty good memories. Um, I also love just watching him and Hawk play up uh, on the uh, practice field after practice and goofing off and seeing Hawk interact with the other players. Um, but also probably another favorite memory is we just took a trip. The wives here just took a trip to Napa together. And that was a really fun trip. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I think I have to say one more Hawk. Um, this was um after practice one day, so Graham is into wrestling, which is a whole long story about why we named Hawk Hawk. But anyway, <laughs> Graham is a wrestling fan, which I think is, I always thought was a joke, but apparently it's a real thing. And <laughs> he's gotten Hawk into wrestling. And so Graham's favorite wrestler, one of his favorite wrestlers is Triple H. And that's why Hawk is, his initials are HHH. So Graham can call him Triple H. And so he was being interviewed on on the field after practice one day and the cameras were on him and Hawk ran up to Graham and, you know, Graham picked him up. And so Hawk's in the camera too. And they're asking him about, you know, wrestling. And the so Graham says something, leans over to Hawk and says, Hey Hawk, what's your wrestling name? And like on, it's like as, as if they've practiced, Hawk says triple H and then he spits on. 
And no I just way. like, this ha- I feel like this was rehearsed or something, but it was, you know, real life he spits. And, you know, they put that all over the USB social media websites and stuff. It was pretty funny, but I, I like that memory too. <laughs> that is too funny. I need a video of that. That's incredible. <laughs> okay, rapid fire. Are you ready? I think so. Gosh, I might be bad at these. <laughs> okay. What's the last book you read? Oh, the Alice Network. If it was great. If you love historical fiction, the Alice oh. Network. Coach surprises you, walks in the door with concert tickets. What would be printed on that ticket? If he was surprising me, it'd probably be some be someone like Taylor Swift. <laughs> it was for if it was for him, it'd probably be like a Christian band or something, which we both like. So everyone has a few things that might need replacing around the house. By the way, this is my favorite question to ask. <laughs> What's the ugliest thing you own? It's for sure the drapes in our house right now. And I'd like to say they were here before we moved. I just, I'm not, who wants to change drapes? So I'm not changing them, but they don't match anything that I've, that's in our house. And they're just ugly. (laughs) (laughs) They look like your grandmother's drapes. (laughs) (laughs) If you could have dinner with someone other than a family member, current or from history, who would it be? Um, I think it would be Kate Middleton. Okay, and why? I just think she, I think her life is interesting and how she got to where she is. And I also just think she's very poised and I love what she wears. (laughs) I think it would be fun just to stare at her too because she's so beautiful. (laughs) She is. She is. You get a night alone. What show would you binge watch? Oh, for sure, Bachelor in Paradise. (laughs) I'm a bachelor, bachelorette junkie. (laughs) Right now it's a Bachelor in Paradise. Okay, you lock your keys in your car. Your husband's at practice. It's 45 minutes from your house. Who is the first person you would call? It would be uh, another coach's wife. I can think of two, Meredith or Abby. They live real close to me. <laughs> so it'd be one of them. If your husband were a coach, what would he be? Oh, he, w- he thinks he would be a professional tennis player is what oh. he thinks. <laughs> he he. Yes. He he says all the time, if he didn't do football, he he thinks he would have been a professional tennis player. And what does Miss Brittany think about that? What, do you think he would have made the cut? You think he'd make it Wimbledon? What do you think? <laughs> you know, he is really, uh, he's one of those people that is good at anything he does when it comes to sports. So probably, uh, he probably would. <laughs> what sport can you be Coach Harrell in? None. Zero. He... <laughs> I'm, I'm not good at any sport. If there was a dance competition, I would beat him. But if it's any anything else, he's winning. Are you saying you're a good he's dancer? Or he's a bad dancer, or both? He's both. He's <laughs> not a good, great dancer at all, and I actually am a good dancer. So, oh, very good. Did you dance in high school? I did. I grew up dancing, so that's the one thing I feel confident in. Everything else, he would unfortunately beat me. All right, what's your favorite fast food restaurant? Taco Bell. That one's easy. <laughs> or Chick-fil-A. Taco Bell or Chick-fil-A. <laughs> it's not In-N-Out Burger. Don't you have that in California? Oh, gosh. Actually, I'll probably get in trouble for not saying In-N-Out Burger here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you had a superpower, you could make up any superpower. What would that be? It would for sure be to be in two places at once. Mm. definitely just because I, I always want to be with my family back in Texas but I love being here too so we try to do that and then even just with you know juggling hawk stuff and other things that I have going on it would be being in two places at once two places at once that would really help it would it would <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much this has been so much fun thank you for yes, letting oh us my gosh thank you for having me 
Absolutely. Yes, thank you for having me. It was so much fun. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. Make sure to subscribe to the Coach's Wife Life podcast. And for a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit coacheswifelife.org and follow us on social media at Coach's Wife Life. <laughs>